Before we begin with today's gospel reading, I want to talk about how we have gotten to this point. We opened the season of Epiphany with the wise men coming to Jesus when he was an infant. And then we jumped into the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River. He was baptized by John the Baptist. And we skip over Jesus being tempted in the wilderness by the devil, but we'll get there soon enough, don't worry. Instead, we go to the calling of Jesus' disciples. We talked about how it was a major thing for them to be called to drop everything, to leave everyone behind, and to follow Jesus. And we started to ask ourselves, what are we willing to give up in order to live into our calling by God? How are we currently living into our calling by God, not only as individuals, but as a community of faith? But now we launch into Jesus' ministry in Mark, when he casts out an unclean spirit and is received as one who teaches with authority. You know, it's interesting to think about the first major ministry moment in each gospel and how it sets up the rest of the gospel reading. For example, in Matthew, Jesus climbs a mountain to teach and to interpret the law. And this strongly connects Jesus to Moses, and it shows the audience in Matthew how Jesus is a prophet like Moses. He has a prophetic voice. And in Luke, Jesus announces that the Lord has sent him to proclaim the good news, a release of the captives, to heal the sick. And this is a message given in his hometown congregation. And after church, they bring him to the edge of a cliff where the congregation wants to throw him off. Imagine that. But it shows how when Jesus talks about the truth in Scripture, even in his ministry, he is met with rejection. It also shows that Luke stresses equality within his gospel. And then the gospel of John. We love the gospel of John. And this is where Jesus turns water into wine at the wedding at Cana. And John wants to show more of the divinity side of Jesus, how Jesus connects with God. And then we get to today's gospel reading in Mark. Today we read that Jesus releases an unclean spirit from a man. So what does this first thing tell us about the life of Jesus in Mark's story? Well, it shows us that the authority in Jesus, how he is given the word and the power that comes from this authority, but also shows us that Jesus is willing to go to great lengths to ensure that all of God's children have the ability to live an abundant life. God wants you to have an abundant life. But there are things that get in your way. Many of those things we could call unclean spirits. When we think about all the forces in this world today that prevent us from living an abundant life, it really may surprise us. It could be our obsession with media and how we believe that our own thoughts or ideas or our appearances can really tear us away from one another instead of bringing us together. Or it could be the sins that burden us for years, the sins that we confessed today 
in the confession and forgiveness. Those times when we turn inward, failing to follow God's outward love. That is those times when we think about us, only us, only our wants, our needs, instead of what God wants and needs for us. Or the times when we distrust those who are not like us. When we judge someone, not based on their character, not based on the love of God, but based on the color of their skin, based on who they love, based on where they come from. And we start to turn them away on those beliefs. Or those times when we are hurting other people by our own thoughts, words, and deeds. I know as my stress level gets higher and higher, as the pandemic goes on and on, as my anxiety goes higher and higher, so does the potential for me to say or do something that I later regret. When I have the ability, when you have the ability, when something like that happens, when we start to sin in that way, is to turn and ask for forgiveness. Not only from the person or people that we hurt, but the forgiveness and reconciliation that we ask from God. What we need right now is to find ways to continue to stick together to support one another. What we need right now is the exact thing the church can offer, and that is hope. Because in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, He brought hope into the world in the form of God's kingdom. And because we have that, we have a future full of hope grace, and love. We all experience this in different ways, but we do experience it. The way that Jesus is able to bring hope, grace, and love to so many people is because he really started connecting in his ministry with one person, one person at a time. He saw someone in need and he reached out and helped them. His ministry in the Gospel of Mark started with one person, a man with an unclean spirit who needed help. Now, Jesus didn't worry what would happen after he healed this man. There's no expectation that this man was going to become a disciple of Jesus. They did not hand this man a membership card and say, fill this out so you can join the church. They did not give this man an offering envelope so he could financially contribute to Jesus' ministry. No, Jesus saw a need, and he saved the person. And then he went on to do the next thing. How often are we thinking about serving someone, about helping someone, because it's the right thing to do, and not ask anything in return? You and I both know the church universal All churches from all denominations are experiencing hardships right now. We see across the board that church attendance is down, that giving to the church is down. And who knows what the church is going to look like on the other side of the coronavirus. But that doesn't mean that our mission and ministry needs to end. It doesn't mean that we need to stop doing the things that God is calling us to do. Because doing ministry, it it, it might not change the world, but when we think about it, it can change the life of one person. 
It could change the outcome of one family unit. And we have done this at Prince of Peace before. We have been a host site for Family Promise. We, we open our doors to AA. We collect food for the food pantry. And we know because our congregation in the middle of central Connecticut is not going to change the world. But we do know that the mission and ministry that we do is going to change at least one person's life. So I ask you, what are the other things that we could be doing right now to serve our neighbor? How are we as a community of faith caring not for the world, but for one person who is in need of care? What would it look like for our church to cast out the unclean spirits in our world today. The unclean spirits that tear us apart instead of build us up. The unclean spirits that cause us to question the intention of others instead of welcoming others. The unclean spirits that tell us that helping one person is not enough, that we have to do something that will change the world or do nothing at all. You see, God is with us. God is calling us to continue to be the church in the world today, not just by going to church and watching a video on a Sunday morning, but to start to listen to our calling and find ways that we can live out that calling. Even if it means changing one person's life with the love and the grace and the forgiveness of God. Because, my friends, that's what God is calling us to do. And that is the gospel truth that is coming to us today. In the name of Jesus Christ, the one who is with us, who calls us to change lives. Amen. And that is what God is calling us to do today, to be the church by not looking at the... And that is what God is calling us to do today, not just to look... And that is what God is calling us to do today, to be the church, to change the life, to care for our and that is what God is calling us to do today, to be the church, to care for our community, and to inspire others with the gospel. Amen.